COVID Origins with Ken Meyercord, right here, right now on VT Radio. Let's go. With host Johnny Punish. Okay, and we're back on VT Radio with the well-traveled historian and researcher Ken Meyercord. He's also an author of 112 uh, ways. Book up, Ken. 112 ways. What? 112 ways, ways to alienate most everybody. <laughs> That's an outstanding title. Uh, lots well, to talk about there, Ken. I my I picked topics and took iconoclastic uh, views on most of them. So. Absolutely. but And before we get started, Ken, we, we really come here to talk about the origins of COVID because I know you've been working about uh, and researching all this stuff. So before we uh, get to that, I just want to let our viewers know around the world, Ken is a well-traveled gentleman. He's been around the world traveling through Brazil, South America, through the Middle East, all kinds of places. He's been around and he knows what he's talking about. So let's go ahead and talk about this, Ken, about where is the origins of COVID and what have you found out? Well, it's a... Curious phenomenon that happened or event that happened uh, before anyone had heard of COVID in uh, June, uh, July of uh, 2019. Remember, the uh, the Chinese identified the, the virus at the end of December. So six months before that, uh, there was an outbreak of a respiratory illness in a nursing home uh, here in the Washington, D.C. area in Arlington. And a dozen or so uh, of, uh, residents in the uh, nursing home died of the of the disease, and I think it, it another nursing home here had some more cases. Uh, the CDC investigated, and they couldn't identify the pathogen. Um, and uh, but a week or so later, they closed down the U.S. Army bio lab at Fort Detrick, Maryland. And it was closed down from uh, July of 2019 to November of 2019, just the time when the the uh, SARS-CoV-2 uh, uh, virus uh, appeared in the world. Um, so I'm I'm claiming the two events are related. They they knew damn well what that pathogen was, and they said, "Oops, this looks familiar." Uh, what are they doing out there at uh, Fort Detrick? And what mistake did they make to let this thing out? Uh, I know. Well, we could get to the question of intentionality versus uh, um, accident uh, later on. Um, anyway, and then you had. Uh, where, let me see my timeline here, in October, oh no, this goes back to 2001, with the anthrax attack, you remember, in uh, mm -hmm. uh, that they accused that one guy of, I guess, who committed suicide. Um, anyway, in, in July, middle of July, the Virginia Department of Health issued a warning over an unusually high number of respiratory-related outbreaks in Virginia. And, you know, at, at, until the Chinese identified the actual virus, people were being diagnosed as having the flu, having died of the flu or pneumonia, some respiratory ailment. Um, and then in uh, there's the famous case in October uh, during the World Military Games in Wuhan, China, where five members of the American delegation uh, got sick and were and went to the hospital. 
and uh, I think the Chinese are claiming they had COVID. <laughs> uh, they were, I think they were diagnosed, diagnosed with malaria, uh, which is raised an interesting question, whether uh, the doctor prescribed hydrochloroquine or however you pronounce that, um, since, since that's a, a malaria pill, uh, anti-malaria pill. Um, anyway, they, the Chinese have requested the medical records of these hundred or so military people who went to the games, uh, particularly this one uh, cyclist who collapsed during a race and couldn't breathe and, and uh, whatnot. Uh, we've refused to give it to him. I actually had a chance to ask the Deputy Secretary of Defense, Catherine Hicks, why we wouldn't give them that information. And that's one of the uh, privileges of living in, living in the Washington, D.C. area. You can go to events at think tanks and actually ask people like this a question, a nasty question. And what was her uh, answer? Huh? What was her answer? She said, oh, well, we... we uh, we don't want to deign their their uh, accusation with uh, to give any respect to their accusation. Uh, so we're not going to tell them anything. Uh, and also, one thing I don't have on the list, I don't think here, but in September of 2019, uh, there were a, a number of uh, deaths that people blamed on vaping. Uh, you maybe remember that little outbreak. Uh, which, again, is a respiratory thing. Was it really the vaping or was it uh, uh, SARS doing its, uh, its job? Um, finally, in November, uh, the CDC released a report on what they found, and they found a number of serious safety violations. It was heavily reda redacted. It was public, but it was redacted. Uh, but the, what was uh, available indicated there were a number of safety violations at the Army Biolab. Uh, in Fort Detrick that could have resulted in uh, uh, accidental release of the virus. Uh, yeah, then in, uh, oh yeah, then, then in early December, remember this is still before anyone has heard of the SARS virus or, or COVID, um, the uh, CDC reported an early start to the flu season. Really, was it the flu? Or was it COVID? Uh, and yeah, finally, like I say, at the last day of December, uh, they identified COVID. And, and uh, uh, ever since that time, people have been trying to figure out where it came from. They blame the bats uh, without any evidence. They never The, the Chinese actually tested 80,000 animals to try and find this virus in one of them, not just bats, but all sorts of things. You know, was, uh, the Wuhan um, live market was blamed, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I think that's a wild goose chase. I think this notion that uh, the NIH would work with the Wuhan lab on gain-of-function research um, is uh, not likely. Um, gain-of-function, if, if we are in, engaged in developing bioweapons, and the Chinese are, uh, we're unlikely to work with each other on it because uh, the Chinese certainly would know who's the most likely uh, target of any uh, bioweapon we might develop, and vice versa, I suppose. 
Um, so, uh, <laughs> uh, I hope I've, the, the, have you ever heard of anyone talk about the closing down of the uh, army biolab? And, uh, you know, I've, we hear a lot of stuff on the internet and we see a lot of things. I'm asking you the question. So in your research, what have you found it to be? Where does COVID actually come from? What is it you, what is the evidence that you have and what have you found? Well, like I, I think it was uh, created in, in that, either that uh, biolab at Fort Detrick or who knows <laughs> what other possible biolabs it might've happened. They happened to close down Fort Detrick. Maybe they closed down other biolabs that they didn't mention uh, or that wasn't public knowledge. I don't know, but uh, Fort Detrick is the most likely candidate um, I've been in this business for a long time, uh, as witnessed the anthrax came out of Fort Detrick the, right. from the two, 2001 attack. Um, and, I just saw what do you these, think its purpose would have been uh, to create? Oh, that, it's a bio, bioweapon. As I, I was mentioning to you earlier, uh, the uh, a team from Harvard that was doing research or, I don't know, giving shots or something in, in China back in, uh, when was that, 2017, were thrown out of the country because they were uh, collecting uh, Chinese DNA and sh in the thousands and shipping it back to Harvard. Um, if you're going to develop a bioweapon that is, is specific to a genotype, and this is where the, the famous uh, 2000 uh, report of the uh, uh, folks behind the Rebuilding America's Defense defenses uh, report and there's the there's the, the, what do we call this the mug shots of <laughs> these Neo people guns. you know you got uh, uh what's his name what this guy here is that bush yeah, yeah you got george bush and uh rumsfeld and what's paul what's his name's last name wolfowitz. i've forgotten that paul wolfowitz anyway wolfowitz. what wolfowitz, paul wolfowitz. Yeah, there we go. Thank you. Um, anyway, in there, in that report, they state, uh, and maybe I should quote it here. I think I've got the quote. Uh, Advanced forms of biological warfare that can target specific genotypes may transform biological warfare from the realm of terror to a politically useful tool. Politically useful tool, a weapon that could wipe out one fifth of mankind. What kind of people work on something like this? Right. Incredible. We we all know too well what kind of people. So the question question I have for you is: Do you think it just got out of hand for them, or or this was well, effective? It was a leak. I think it was a leak. I know uh, uh, there are others uh, who who think it was intentional and it was a bioweapon aimed at the Chinese, et cetera. No, I think, we, I think I, we're definitely working on a bioweapon that uh, uh, has the Chinese as a target, uh, a, a genotype-based weapon. Uh, I don't have any, obviously, I don't have any proof of that, but except that these very well-informed gentlemen uh, talk about it as a politically useful tool in the future. And this is 23 years ago. Uh, you know that, uh, you know, in a sense, we're all worked up about nuclear weapons, but that's just think of the advances in biology and in uh, electronics, physics, and everything in the 70 years since uh, Hiroshima. You know, those, you know, those people have come up with ways to kill people that uh, we don't know about it, that 
based on uh, these improve these advances in science, they may be more lethal in a sense. Maybe not, maybe not lethal, but useful than than atomic weapons. Um, yeah. It's always turned Anyways, out that the government's that, always been more advanced than we thought. I mean, they've always they're always ahead of our game. Um, they've right. been about two steps ahead of us in terms of what. And they maybe got. we should. I should mention there is a convention against biological weapons, uh, but there's no uh, inspection, no enforcement behind it, and you can develop biological weapons under the convention for defensive purposes. If your enemy is making something, some advanced sort of weapon, you have to have a defense against it. And to defend against a biological weapon, you have to come up with biological uh, countermeasures. Uh, so you can actually develop a weapon. and the, So you have to know what the weapon is first. You develop it yourself. And once you've developed it, the temptation to go from defense to offense must be uh, incredible with uh, the sort of people that make those decisions. I have a dumb question. Uh, because this thing obviously got out of hand uh, worldwide, do you think it would have been possible for somebody there to actually come out and tell the truth and say, we screwed up, there was a, a leak, uh, we've had a problem, uh, that we need to deal with this worldwide? Or this cover-up, this idea of like, uh, well, it's just something that came up and we put a mask on and blah, 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 blah. Um, what do you think about that? I mean, do you think it would have been okay for them to do that? I mean, obviously, I, didn't, I don't remember hearing anybody coming out and say, yeah, we made a mistake. Oh, no, no. You you would. That's one of the um, sort of uh, facts that suggests maybe we do have something to cover up. Like I say, I have not seen a public figure. We, we they, they had reports. They, they talk about a couple of scientists going to the Wuhan lab, and they found safety violations over there, you know, in the last couple of years. Well, that's sort of vague and, you know, really, who are these people and do you trust them? But here the CDC closed down our major bio lab uh, just at the time that this thing was, was arising. And I haven't heard anybody besides me. Uh, I mean, it was public knowledge that it was closed down. That wasn't a secret. But uh, no one tries to make that association with, with COVID. I had the opportunity to... Uh, provide my timeline to Senator Rand Paul a couple of weeks ago, um, and uh, he was, you know, he, he was having hearings on the origins of uh, COVID. Uh, and in these hearings, they they admit, oh, we got all these labs too, but they don't get specific and say and link this closing of uh, Fort Detrick to that. I also my, my Dartmouth uh, College classmate. Uh, Senator Angus King of Maine had his office in the same building uh, where I, I met uh, Senator Paul. So I took a, left a copy of the COVID timeline uh, in his office. I didn't get a response from either one of them. Uh, and I, I'm waiting for the first person to say, hey, wait, wait a second. We had this disease in, in Arlington, a respiratory disease, and the CDC uh, couldn't identify what it was, and then they closed down the Army bio lab. But that's that's awfully coincidental. Um, and and that's you know theoretically the CDC has blood samples still from those people who died. I assume they they save them, especially if it's a pathogen they couldn't identify. Let's test it. Let's see if uh, SARS-CoV-2 is is in there. 
uh, and let's ask let's find out about what they found in their in their uh, uh, investigation of of the army lab and why they closed it down uh, but I it's a dead silence on that and anyone who raised it would be immediately accused of being a Chinese puppet I mean a public figure right. um, so so are you saying your, your evidence right now is at best circumstantial or would you would classify it bigger than that uh, no, I'd say circumstantial. Yeah, I don't. Best you can do. Have access to blood samples or uh, or testing these people, but uh, you would hope people who are better informed, the, the the real scientists, forget the politicians. We we can't count on them. But I'm I'm waiting. I went to a an event celebrating uh, uh, the Pentagon Papers uh, Papers guy. Come on, Ellsberg. Right. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I'm waiting for someone who actually works at these labs or knows something. Uh, curiously, Jeffrey Sachs is, is I think he actually did, um, I don't know whether he talked about Fort Detrick, but he was suggesting that it might have come out of an American lab, I believe. You know who Jeffrey Sachs is, the uh, carpetbagger, who, the leader of the carpetbaggers who went out to pilfer the Russian economy after the collapse of the Soviet Union. So he's, he's, I don't trust him myself, but he's a, you know, uh, he took a lot of grief, I, I imagine, for even suggesting that. He's off in Europe someplace, I think. Uh, did you see, did you hear about that, by the way? No, I have not. Oh, well, you want to, we, we both should see what Jeffrey Sachs is up to, because he's, you know, he's a, he's a big name in, in international right. uh, everything. But he's uh, kind of disappeared a little bit, or what? What? He kind of disappeared? He's, well, I, as I <laughs> disappeared from the media, you yeah. know, just like they, they dump, they try and eliminate Scott Ritter and then all sorts of people. Uh, uh, what's his name? Carlson. Um, uh, and they're very successful at it. Uh, well, stop asking questions. That's the key. And, and for the record, for our VT viewers around the world and uh, listening to this, this is not going to be on YouTube and I, because I can't put it on YouTube. If I mention anything on YouTube has to do with COVID or questioning COVID, it automatically gets deleted and they will definitely uh, put a, a demerit against you and three strikes and you're out. And of course, VT already has two strikes. So we'll have to put this on Rumble. That's where our, our video uh, distributor of choice anyway is it's called Thank Rumble. For Rumble. Yeah, we do. We only do Rumble because Rumble allows conversation. Uh, YouTube is owned by Google. And Google does not allow conversation. In fact, I'm going to read you what uh, Google actually says. They don't mention COVID by name, but I'm going to tell you exactly what they say. They say that they call it dangerous and derogatory content. And they say, we don't allow content that threatens or advocates for harm to one to oneself or others, relates to the current major health crisis, and contradicts authoritative scientific consensus. <laughs> and so that's what they say. So they don't mention COVID, but that's COVID. That's what else I'm talking about, right? Well, you know, uh, after 2001, after the Twin Towers attack, there was a lot of talk about a lot of microbiologists dying, a lot, like a dozen, under mysterious circumstances. Do you, were you aware of that thing? No. Well, and it's the, the supposedly they're working for the government, you know, on on whatever in in, in the laboratories. They were bi microbiologists, uh, and whether that's 
whether they really were uh, bumped off because there was a fear they would go public. If there are microbiologists out there now who know the true story and, and would are tempted to reveal it, they'll probably get bumped off. And there have been a couple of such cases. Uh, no, I can't say that they were bumped off, but people who died uh, right. often under rather strange circumstances. So you think that's a deterrent to keep everybody quiet? I guess so. If, if I thought if I opened my mouth, I'm going to be killed, I'd be pretty quiet. <laughs> right, exactly. So that's Fortunately. interesting. So, so, so a lot of people in the COVID questioning community have said it came from China, but what you're saying is it came from a U.S. lab, it leaked out of a U.S. lab, and your, your evidence is circumstantial, but strong circumstantial. In other words, there's a lot of closings it's of this. It's worth investigating. It it's worth should be worth but, investigating. But we're not going to get an investigation, at least not an official one, are we? It's, it's case closed. Well, I don't know. I'm going to, I don't know, maybe, you know, through your show and, and whatnot, hopefully we can drum up a little interest in this thing. Tucker Carlson might uh, pick it up wherever he is these days. Um, you know, and that's, as Ellsberg's case shows, sometimes uh, the secrets get out uh, and we can only hope that's the case here. And if, uh, you know, and it's extremely important <laughs> if I'm right, uh, not for me personally, but, uh, you know, these guys are doing really dangerous stuff. And, and uh, we, you know, in, in, in 1905, all the great powers agreed to ban poison gas in warfare. 1905, Great Britain, the United States, blah, blah, blah. What, a decade later, what were they doing? They were all using poison gas in World War One. So they banned biological weapons in 1972, I think it was. I forget the date of the convention. But you know they're working on them. And, right, well, they were using it in, uh, in, in Vietnam, right? Napalm and all that stuff, just, you know, dropping all kinds of chemicals on people. And, you know, who knows what the effects were on everybody long term. We, exactly. we still don't know, probably, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, well, yeah. Very dangerous we're, we're stuff. Just, we, we were individuals, we, but, you know, people are always saying one voice can change the world. Uh, well, I don't really agree with that, but maybe uh, 100,000 voices could change the world. Well, that's what VT is about. I mean, we're, we're about the uncensored truth. I mean, we're out there seeking truth. We don't always have the answers, and sometimes we're wrong and sometimes we're right, but we are asking the questions where, unfortunately, mainstream media is ignoring those questions because it doesn't fit a certain agenda that they represent. For their corporations, well, right? I mean, yep. for their for their backers, and so we don't get that information. But it's through guys like you that come on our show and say, "Hey, let's take a look at this. Let, let me look at this. Take a take a, deep, a deeper look, and you know, check this out. It may be wrong, but it, it could be right here. You know." Well, I said for for guys like you who who organize all this, I really appreciate your efforts. Well, thank you, uh, thank you. We work very hard there. to do that, and believe me, we get censored all the time. I mean, we get closed down. I got. Uh, if I can mention our one of our fabulous advertisers, hello, Ref Content. Thank you for shutting us down, uh, claiming that we're committing fraud. And when I ask you for evidence, you provided none. And you said, we can't provide evidence. I asked you why. You said, you can't provide it. So you called me a fraud. You called VT a fraud. And no fraud was committed whatsoever. I would never support that. I would never do click clicking on ads to make extra money. In fact, they hardly pay us anything anyway. So the fact that they accuse us of that uh, and then wouldn't provide evidence is suspect. And what happens well, is, Ken, is is what happens is the guy who I'm talking to probably doesn't even know it, but his boss knows it. And it's yeah. usually the clamp down. They, 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 they clamp down on us because 
maybe our critique of Israel, or it could be the COVID critique, or it could be the critique on BlackRock. There's a lot of things behind the scenes that I don't know if that's true or not, but they won't tell me that's the key, right? They don't yeah. tell you. They just say, we're going to shut you down, we're closing your account, and we're not going to tell you why. And that's awful, right? When I get uh, really discouraged, I, I just feel like, God, there's nobody of integrity out there. Well, in a I position know. of power, you know, they're all character and integrity. And, it's an oxymoron in, 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 in the corridors of power, my friend, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, it seems so. I don't want to believe that. I, you know, like I say, I was a classmate of, of well, Angus what do you want me to do? Ken, Angus King is a good guy. Ken, what do you want me to do? If, if I ask a guy, look, you're accusing me of fraud. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. I'm, I know I didn't commit fraud, but you're accusing me. Show me the evidence. And when they don't show you the evidence, what are they le leaving me with except speculation and guessing? I have to guess. Like, why did you shut me down? If you're not going to tell me why, why did you shut me down? I'm left. Is it Israel? Is it, is it? I don't know what it is. Have they instituted any legal procedures against no, you? No, of course not. They just shut okay. you. Uh, no, this is the way the internet works from the publishing standpoint. Uh, they close you down. They, they knock your financial legs out. They don't actually censor you and close you down because that would be against the law, I suppose. I guess they can't do that. Uh, but what they do is they the disinformation index, which is the global disinformation index. You can see it on. Type that in Google: global disinformation index, and you'll see that they are their number one goal is to knock your financial legs off. They say it on their website, so it's not unknowing, right? And the way they do that is they 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 get you out of the advertising networks. All the ad networks don't want to do business with you, so they don't pay you. So you're a publisher that potentially can earn, let's say, $10,000 a month, and then knock your financial legs down to $300 a month. You see what I'm saying? And so yeah. it's not censorship, but how the hell are you supposed to survive in a capitalistic environment uh, uh, You know, when you got to pay the servers and plugins and MailChimp yeah. and all these people? You can't survive. So they close a lot of publishers down inevitably because they can't survive. So we beg for donations, we beg for memberships from people like yourself and say, hey, if you want an independent voice, you gotta send us some money because we ain't getting any money from these guys. You know what I mean? We don't want your money, but we ain't getting any money from anyone. How am I supposed to pay for this? Right now we're on Riverside FM right now. You know, they want their $24 a month. I mean, it doesn't sound like much, but you gotta pay it, right? You don't pay it, you don't get it, you don't get on. So the internet's not free anymore, Ken. It's, it's a pay as you go, uh, everything's pay. And this is how they do it. They shut you down by cutting off your financial legs. Rev yeah, Contact yeah. did that. Um, and other companies do that. It happens all the time to VT. We're constantly shuffling. And it's hard work because when you're in a business and you constantly have to shuffle your business model to make it work, uh, it takes a lot of your time and a lot of your energy that you can't focus on doing good work. So it really, really uh, hurts. And in my case, uh, thank goodness I was fortunate enough in my previous life to be very successful in business. And uh, so I was able to uh, uh, retire, you can say. And uh, so uh, I don't necessarily need the money. So it's not a question of me going, um, you know, VT has to make money for me. It does not. In fact, VT cost me money out there, listeners. It cost me money because the time I spent on putting this together uh, is, is very expensive on time. And, uh, you know, for me to get $300, come on, I don't need $300. Give me a break. I don't need the 300 bucks. Uh, you know, it's probably cost me $10,000 a month just for lost revenue, right? Uh, of something I, you know, if I go back to my other life, you know, being an accountant and a finance guy or something, I can make an easy 10 grand a month, right? But I can't do that right now because I'm doing this. So 
it, it, it's it's not easy, guys. And so I could see why a lot of publishers quit, and there's very few of us out there. And the the few of us that are out there, I agree with you, Ken. And I'm not tapping myself on the back, but the other guys like Ron Unz and all those guys out there that are doing good stuff. Um, yeah, congratulations to all you guys. You guys are survivors in the face of amazing amount of tsunamis of of pressure coming from all over the place on an internet that's no longer free, that's controlled, that's monitored all over the world, including the security services in Tel Aviv uh, who constantly monitor us. It is what it is, my friend. It, that's exactly what it is, Ken. So, yeah, I was just wondering how you survived, my friend. You know, uh, yeah. questioning this, and you're you're in the Beltway. Are you okay? <laughs> I'm not trying to make money. Fortunately, I had a, a well-paying job for 30 years, uh, so I'm doing it for the fun of it. <laughs> yeah, or, or yeah. somebody asked me. But why I admire you guys. Service. Really, it's for the Excuse service. Me? It's for the service. We do it for the service. Well, some people would claim it was a disservice for if you have well, a they're idiots. But you know what? That's not. Those are the people that are politicians who are supposed to be dutiful servants, civil servants for the country. But instead, they go to Washington to make money. In fact, I'm going to say something else too. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm in Mexico here, and uh, I, I once went to this guy's house in, in Playa del Carmen, and he said, you know, can I house it for him? I was like, I went over to his house. Sure, we'll do you a favor. The house was a $10 million house on the beach, okay? Ridiculous, right? A mansion, right? So I asked him, what do you do? He works for the U.S. government. So there you go. So it used to be entrepreneurs made money in the United States, but in today's world, you want to get rich, go to Congress, become president of the United States, or become a Supreme Court justice. You can make a billions of dollars, you know, you get all kinds of perks, man. You become a rich dude. And that's where the money's at. So all these criminals and crooks, these people in Congress, are you kidding me? They, they just, they're trying to pass this law that, that they're allowed to stock trade without without right. transparency. Insider. I mean, come on, man. They have the inside information. That's how they make money. I mean, <laughs> come on. It's a scam, dude. And, it, and, and my point is, Ken, is that what happened was, I'm not sure what year it was or when did this actually happen, but the U.S., being, being a member of the U.S. government used to be a civic duty. You know, uh, do your do your duty for your country. You know, serve your country. I think John F. Kennedy said that, right? You know, ask not what you can do for me. You know, what, what can you do for your country? So that used to be the mantra, the, the ethos, right? You go there, you do your job, and you get out. But now it's a career. I mean, we got Mitch McConnell. He can't even stand up straight. He's still over there going, yeah, I can do it. Like, dude, are you, you've been there for 40 years. We need term limits, one term. Let me tell you something here, Ken, in Mexico – the president of Mexico only serves one term. He serves six years, one term, and that's it. So what happens is we have elections here in Mexico. They're only allowed to campaign for three months, not 24-7, all year round for in perpetuity. They, they do for three months. They campaign. They get elected. They do their job. The next day they're in their office, they don't campaign fund because they don't need to because they can't get reelected. So there's no, there's no, uh, give me money, give me money, give me money. It's bullshit. They do their job and get out. Go away. How long? How long is the term? Four or six, six years? Six years. Six years. Yeah, and, and that's a perfect model for the United States. To be frankly honest, four years is not good enough to do the job, and six years is perfect, but it needs to be one term only. I want to see the next guy go in there and actually do the job as opposed to going to fundraisers. It's in incredibly insane uh, how corrupt the United States is. I used to laugh when I came yeah. to Mexico 20 years ago because Americans would laugh at Mexico. Oh, you guys are so corrupt down there. Everything's corrupt. I'm like, bullshit. Over here, every human being, every citizen knows the government is corrupt. Everybody. But the Americans 
couldn't figure it out that their government was corrupt. In fact, if you ask American 20 years ago, is your government corrupt? Oh, no, no, they're not corrupt. I'm like, they're on the take. You know, it's the numbers are bigger and they wear better suits. That's all it is, right? So, you know, come on, they, we got a Supreme Court justices taking vacations from billionaires. Come on, man, stop, won't smoke up my ass, you know? And the, the, the real uh, abomination is they're all patting each other on the back for their service to their country. Yeah, exactly. You want service to your country? Get in, do the job, and get out and go get a real job. How's that? <laughs> Think about that for a second, right? Go get it. Do your service, do your four, six years, and then get out and go work for, you know, go work for a factory like everybody else. Who the hell do you think you are? Or they probably make enough money in their four to six years. They don't need to work anymore. Look at Obama. <laughs> that's, well, that's, a, that's what right. we have. To, you know, if Americans really care about uh, reforming their government, that they need to redo. Uh, they need to have a, a serious talk with themselves about reforming the whole government, reforming how it actually works. It doesn't work for the 21st century. It needs to be reformed. Uh, on on the left and the right, both all agree. It's really funny to me because they all agree on this, and they all think they're the enemy, which is another story. They've all made each other's into the enemy, which is ridiculous, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm thinking we got to get them because what, what? Otherwise, we get stuff like COVID, like. What happened? Nobody's investigating. Nobody knows. And nobody cares. You know? Dangerous. You know? What say you can? Yeah, I, I, this, I, I didn't uh, have student loans, but I can't believe they're uh, uh, not uh, it's such a, considered such an outrage to uh, help these people out that have yeah. contracted. So there you go. So, Ken, I, I want to talk about your, I want to talk about your book right now. Your book is 112. Uh, put that up there uh, again. Ways to alienate most anybody. <laughs> okay, it and it, it's an interesting title, but really, the uh, tell us about the uh, the workings of the book inside of it because it's really interesting. So go ahead and tell us. About All it. right. Well, I I had a blog. I still the blog's still out there. You don't have to read the book. You can log on to the blog kiosk k i a s k blog dot wordpress dot com. And incidentally, I've never had a censoring uh, uh, by WordPress. I'm not sure whether they, they don't even know who I am or care, but <laughs> but they've never uh, I've never had any problems with them. Um, anyway, so I had this blog. I, I would produce one or two essays a month for six years, and I, I would usually pick some topic where I think the dominant uh, understanding is just wrong. Uh, global warming, for instance, you know, to be a skeptic of global warming, you. Uh, you're on. The, you're an outcast. Uh, you're not a scientific, etc. My, my, I don't know whether I should even mention this on this show, uh, but uh, my views on the Holocaust are okay. rather iconoclastic, and that has that one you really don't want to touch. Um, actually, actually, we, so we do I touch a lot of people lot. ask. We, we, we do talk about the Holocaust a lot. We do. You can yeah. Talk about it. Oh, good. Good for you. Uh, um, but it, uh, I, I have had, I had a number of TV, quite a few people who took exception. Some of them who praised me for a year, you know, said, oh, keep up the good work. Uh, and I do wrote something like on 9-11, uh, and one of my biggest fans found the idea that that uh, some element in the government might be behind it, not Osama bin Laden. It's outrageous and insulting, and she has to be taken off my distribution list. Well, that was one of many uh, who liked some of my stuff. I, uh, one of my uh, high school classmates who was, a, who was a pilot for Delta for 30 years uh, did offer one comment uh, on, on, oh, t uh, the 
uh, an essay titled Tear Down That Statue, where I was critical of this idea of uh, treating slave owners as if they were the epitome of evil when, in fact, they were victims of their times like we all are. Um, and he said, you really got it right, Ken. Um, and until I read this, I just thought uh, you were writing typical Marxist tripe. But he, he you know, there was a lot of them that a lot of my essays that he would not agree with. I've got one of my most frequent commentators uh, was a captain in the U.S. Navy and a great athlete in high school, another high school classmate. Um, and he was effusive in his praise, but I'm afraid of it alienated him too now, either over global warming or the Ukraine. Uh, right. Well, well, you bring up a lot of tough subjects, Ken. I mean, you're, you're talking about the Holocaust. You're talking about Ukraine. You're talking about COVID. You're talking about every single touchy subject on the planet <laughs> and demonstrates no fear uh, on your end. Uh, what am I going to do? Cancel culture is easy to go ahead and cancel you, you know? Yeah, well, I'm. that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, I don't the need thing the is, money. The thing is we're, we're, I don't need the, we're definitely don't here. need the fame. Yeah, right. Exactly. You know, we're we're uncensored here, so we want we want your views to be presented. Now, whether the VT readers out there are agreeing with your positions or not, that's not the point. The point is that they're hearing it and they can decide for themselves. You know, and I hopefully prefer we to. Discuss. I had a, yeah. a a TV show. I've done three public access TV shows over the last fifteen years or so, and the last one was called Civil Discord. And the idea was to get two people with opposing points of view or something like global warming and me as the moderator and have them talking to address the issue in a civil manner instead of name calling and this and that right. and refusing to talk about this and getting up and walking off the, the studio out of the studio and i had a, my first uh, guest was a former deputy director of the cia so i thought boy and he was had it was a team lead on the 911 uh report 911 commissioned report um and that was my first topic and i, I didn't get the, the opposing view was me and my co-host. Uh, <laughs> this guy's a rather senile. His name was uh, Doug McCacken. Uh, he wasn't on the operations side, on the information side. Uh, he, um, he, so, uh, he was so senile, borderline demented, demented, demented that uh, de borderline dementia, he never could... He had to write everything down. He'd call me up every day and every day, the next day and then the next day, say, I have a note here that says, can somebody call me, blah, blah, blah. Uh -oh. uh, what's this all about? And I have to explain to him again. I had to pick him up to take him to the studio. He did a fine job on the show, but about halfway through, he thought, you know, oh, this is going to be about the work of the 9-11 Commission and praise my work on it and blah, 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 this and that. About halfway through, he realized that me and my co-host had a very different view <laughs> of the 9-11 Commission. And you could see him change his attitude and think, what the hell am I talking to these two clowns for? <laughs> but it was well, a pretty good look, show. But I, I had conversations, I only, Ken. I only know? had eight, eight uh, shows, episodes, because I couldn't find people who would sit down and talk with some, discuss in a civil manner uh, right. two different sides of, of an issue. Um, so I, I, on the Holocaust, that was me talking, uh, the right. show on the Holocaust. Um, and that's we had one on global warming that the 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 meteorological correspondent of the Washington Post. What's his name? I forgot what his name is now. But he got sick, sick of COVID. 
probably. Yeah. And so me and my co-host uh, had to put on the show, and it was rather wet-sided again. Anyway, so I gave up on that after. And that was a lot of work. Like you say, there's a lot of work involved with this stuff. There wasn't a lot of money involved. But it takes it takes a long time to set this stuff up. And uh, Fortunately, I'm re- I've been retired for uh, a dozen years now, so i got plenty of time. Well, on that and, note, Ken, I, I want to say thank you for being on VT Radio and enlightening us on the things that you found out uh, in the Beltway over there. Uh, it's up to VT readers to decide uh, and listeners to uh, take your words and maybe uh, dig a little further and see what they find out. Uh, but clearly something's not working right. Something's a little bit off on this. And, you know, the origins of the COVID virus are suspect. You know, are they from the lab in Washington, D.C. Or, or in Baltimore or, or wherever they are? Uh, or Dietrich, Maryland. Yeah. Or, or Frederick, Maryland, or, Frederick, or is it somewhere else? Frederick, uh, Frederick Maryland is where that yeah. lab is. And, and at this point, we don't know. It might end up with the JFK assassination. We get confused about who did it. Or maybe 9-11. We get confused about who did it because all the differing uh, media outlets are saying different things, and uh, we ends up we end up with nothing, you know, a bunch of mush yeah. going. I don't know what happened. Jesus, I don't know what happened. You know, yeah, we, we end up getting it, sick of COVID. You know, you know, sixty so, years and they still won't re- release the documents on JFK assassination. What right? are they hiding? Ridiculous. I don't know. Yeah. Isn't everybody dead by now? <laughs> Long dead. Anyway, I, I really appreciate it uh, having me on, uh, and I appreciate your work. You got it. Ken, and, and for our, our readers and listeners to support what you're doing, is there any way they can just uh, reach you and support you? Or is it just go to your website or how's that work? Yeah, that, yeah. Go, go to my blog. Like I say, kiosk, K-I-A-S-K blog dot wordpress dot com. And um, they can contact me through that if they're interested. Okay. Or and for yeah, our, my, our- my email address is in my book. They can buy my book. <laughs> Buy the book, okay. And, and the book is available where? Is it on Amazon or is it somewhere Amazon, else? Amazon, and I, I suppose it's on Alibrius or whatever that is and other places too. But okay. it was it was one of these self-published deals uh, on that Amazon does. Okay, we'll put a link to it uh, on our website as well as we post this on vtforeignpolicy.com. And for everybody out there, remember, Ref Content just canceled us. Uh, to be honest, Google's after us. Uh, they just went after Mark Dankoff's article on George Soros. And they went after Fabio Caricio's article on BlackRock. And they won't tell me why. They just said uh, it's derogatory and dangerous. So I am left going, I don't know. So I've removed the, the Google ads from that. The best I can do. Uh, the, the, the articles are still on the site, but they just don't make any revenue, obviously. So they can't help us pay the bills. So please, if you believe in VT and foreign policy and independent voices, would you please go out there and donate you know, $5 or something, please, anything helps, please. Or, or, or better yet, become a member of VT, spend your $8 a month and support independent voices like VT. It keeps us going. It keeps the bills paid. It's important. So it, you'll see it on our website. Um, uh, our editor will put the uh, link at the bottom here. So so far you can uh, donate. And uh, if you want, uh, you can buy yourself a VT cup as well. It's really cool. I see VT radio right there. I don't know if you guys can, can you see that? <laughs> yeah, it's my cool little coffee cup. So it's on our website. You can buy it from there. Anyway, thank you very much, Ken, for being on the show. It was wonderful. Uh, first time. Great to have you. And I want you to have a terrific day. You too. Okay, my friend. If you enjoyed this presentation, hit the like button now. Also, share it with your friends. And don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. VT approves this message.